Hola, you are listening to First Gen Healing, a podcast on Latinx healing and awakening journeys. My name is Priscila Luna. I am your host, and I'm going to let today's guest introduce herself. Mujer, let us into your world. Hey, everyone. My name is Wendy Ramirez, and I'm excited to be on today's podcast. Hi, Wendy. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm excited to speak with you today. So to start off, I would love to know a little bit about you. Where are you from? What do you do? Let us into your world a little bit. A little bit about myself. I am a first-generation Latina. I am the daughter of a dad who is from Guatemala and my mother who is from El Salvador. Uh, They both migrated in the early 90s to California and later on moved to Nebraska. And that's actually where I was raised. And up until about four years ago, that's where I resided. Um, And four years ago, I actually made the move to Texas and I've been here ever since. So that's a little bit about me. Mm. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have a brother and a sister, both younger than me, and I have a half-sister who is a couple months older than me as well. Um, But within the family that I was raised in, I am the oldest and, you know, kind of had to carry the the older sister um, weight and... That's mm-hmm. kind of how it's been. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit because I think that there's a lot of connection points with eldest siblings. So what was your experience like? Like I mentioned, I am first generation and had to lead the way for my siblings because uh, my parents didn't go to school or, you know, they went to school, but they didn't graduate and they came here for a better, better living and a better lifestyle. And... I remember that I was kind of paving the way for my siblings to not only just show them what's possible, but show them in a way like the way for them as well. Mm -hmm. And so growing up, I feel like I did have a lot of pressure to carry that, you know, workload of like, all right, I'm the older sister, but at the same time, I'm like the example and I'm leading that for my family. And so knowing that, like I broke a lot of things within the family, like the first to graduate high school, the first Mm -hmm. to graduate college, the first to, you know, get a part-time job. And looking back, I was like, wow, I, I, you know, was able to pave the way for a lot of things, but it also implicited a lot of pressure, self-pressure to um, do things differently that I had to be able to be the perfect example. Perfectionist was mm. something, perfectionism was something that definitely showed up as I was growing up. I wanted to be the best of the best. I wanted things to go a certain way. And when they didn't go a certain way, then, you know, that caused a little bit of chaos in the way that I showed up in different departments of, of life. And so yeah. perfectionism was something that definitely showed up. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, something that's internalized from a young age, right? I need to be an example and I need to be perfect. I'm going to ask you a unique question that I don't think I've asked guests before. Yeah. Were your firsts celebrated? Like the first, you know, like you were the first to graduate high school, college. Were those things celebrated or was it like, yeah, that's what they expected of you? Kind of what response did you receive growing up? So, you know, it was a mix of both because it was what was expected of me because, you know, and and maybe this is something that 
one was expected from my parents, but also of myself, like, okay, I am expected to do this because this is what my parents came to the U.S. for to give us a better life. But at the same time, too, it was self-expected of me because I was like, I'm paving the way. I need to be the best example for my siblings, for my family, best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was great and all, but at the same time, too, I found that I rushed to the next thing. There we go. Mm. It was like, all right, on to the next, on to the next. What's next? What's next? And I felt like there wasn't enough celebration, both on my end and, you know, family dynamics. And to be like, all right, this is a huge milestone. Let's take the time to celebrate. And I oftentimes caught myself saying, all right, what's next? Let's go on to the next thing. Because to me, it was more of like, let me check off all these mile markers to ensure that I'm on this path of success that I had created for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in a hurry t- for the American dream, right? Like on a on a race towards it. Yeah. I have a feeling that this probably like dabbles into your healing or awakening. And so one of my questions for you is what resonates most for you? Going are you have you been on a healing journey, an awakening? Do both resonate? Yeah, for me, I would definitely say that what makes sense is healing, because that's what I feel like I resonate with the most at this at this point in my time and in my life right now. Mm -hmm. So when would you say that that started for you? Yeah, so for me, I would say that this journey started in early 2017. I remember that I had just graduated college. I quickly enrolled to continue college and pursue my MBA in marketing and business. I was working full time. I was getting married at the end of 2017 and I was experiencing some family dynamics that weren't the best. Um, Just a little bit of inner working that I was like, again, dismantling too. And I remember back in, when was it? like around April of 2017, I said, something is just not clicking. It was like something inside of me was craving for more other ways. I was asking a lot of questions and being super curious. And I remember at that time, my best friend was actually teaching in South Korea. And Mm. I said, hey, can I please go visit you for like a week or two? Because I have some self-discovery and healing to do, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what exactly that is, but I know that I need to get away from this normal environment that I'm in. So I took a trip to South Korea to go visit my best friend, and let me tell you, that was exactly what I needed because what I realized then was that I was pursuing my MBA because I was trying to fill a void that wasn't necessary. I was feeling stuck because I wasn't pursuing my passion of what I wanted to do, which later on turned out to be starting my business. I was marrying my um, high school sweetheart and Mm -hmm. I wanted to do things on my way. And I was like, if we're going to get married, we're going to go after our dreams. And that meant moving to Texas that next year to just get away from things. And all these self-discoveries, these personal growth moments happened when I allowed myself to question and stay curious and it unraveled even more when I took that self-discovery trip to um, South Korea and Mm -hmm. what prompted me to take that was Elizabeth Gilbert's book um, Big Magic Mm. and you know she's the author of Eat Pray Love and I had never read that book or watched that movie the first book I picked up was Big Magic Mm -hmm. and 
I was like, there's another way. I, I got to do this on my terms, not what society and everyone else thinks is best for me. And so I did that. And let me tell you, I dealt with a little bit of critics from family where they were like, well, why are you leaving? Why are you going on your own? It's dangerous over there. You're about to get married. Why isn't he going with you? Yeah. And I had to put all those chatters aside and say, I need to do what's best for me. Mm-hmm. And the right people supported at the end of the day. Wow. So I think the first thing that the first question that comes to mind is the book is what inspired you. Had you do you think that was like a connection point with your intuition? And if so, is that something that you were aware of? Had it been like maybe your first time you listened to it? Or what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I've always been such a reader. Um, I didn't really grow up in a family where we had all the shows, all the cables. And so I really devoured in picking up a good book and reading. And so that's always carried into who I am today. And back in 2017, I remember I had picked up that book because I was like, oh, this is like calling my attention, like big magic. I, I love the idea of like magic. And I was like, all right, cool. I had no idea who this person necessarily was. And then when my best friend is like, you know, she's the author of Eat, Pray, Love, and like, we should watch it and read the book. I'm like, did not know that. But I'm very, very self-aware. Mm. And so I felt a calling as I was reading that book and hearing her story. I was like, she's right. Like, there's more than what meets the eyes, what society deems is right for us. Like, I need to go discover what that is for me. Yeah. Wow. That's what it is. And do you think like you know i'm thinking two weeks i had a similar moment in my kind of journey where i took three months away from work and i just felt like something's got to change i need to like take some time to listen to myself basically but for me actually i don't think it was enough you know i went i ended up going back to corporate and just like feeling the same way again and then now here we are a couple of years later but um for you it sounds like two weeks was a good amount of time to get a lot of these epiphanies in so how was that how did that actually play out like were you out discovering korea and at the same time kind of like getting these downloads or how did that play out for you well you know i always say that the healing journey is one that never ends it continues i felt like at that point in my life south korea and that trip in and of itself gave me the permission slip to say when i go back i'm allowed to make the the choices that are going to benefit me the most and support the ultimate you know person that i want to become and mm -hmm. so by breaking past that first permission slip of saying i'm going against the norm and heading to south korea i think that was like permission slip number one you get to do mm -hmm. things on your own term but when i came back from the trip i then was like i need to leave this mba program because i'm not doing it for the right reasons so that was an expensive lesson, but I did it. I then said, all right, cool, we're going to get married. And that was the most joyous moment of life. It was one of the moments where I had my whole family and friends reunited, but I knew it was probably going to be one of the last times that I would see a lot of these individuals, these people, because in my mind, I already knew we're moving to Texas. We're moving to Texas. I'm going to start my business. And each of those steps has been such a growth journey for me because even moving to Texas, I went ahead and moved first and I rented out an Airbnb wow. for a month to feel, to feel whether or not this was the right move for me. And yeah, in my bones, I felt that calling. So then 
a month later, my husband moved in and he was like, all right, this is it. We're starting our life here. And it's been a constant healing journey since then, because the move here taught us so much about ourselves, myself, who I want to become, how I want to show up. And so I always say I'm like, each part has been tremendous in moving me forward, but it's a constant journey that I'm on and and I welcome what it still has yet to bring me to. Yeah. I think to paint the little the picture a little bit clearer, had you lived on your own prior to going to South Korea and then getting married and moving out? You know, yes and no. So for okay. example, I had lived with a roommate in college and then I moved in with my in-laws right before we got married. And mm. it wasn't until we moved here that it was just my husband and I. So it was like, yes and no, I was on my own, but there was always someone, whether it was a roommate, my in-laws, my husband. Mm-hmm. in that journey too got it i think the reason i ask is like the separation between you and your parents which i think is one that can be tough for a lot of eldest siblings or even i think first gens in general they have instilled in us this fire right to want to go fast and move on to the next step but when it comes to that one there seems to be some things that happen when that comes about so how was it for you moving out of your parents house like was that a thing or was it something that went smoothly what was that like for you You know, it was interesting because I did my first two years of college um, at a community college and I worked full time and paid for college as I was going because one of the things that my parents always kind of told me was like, if you're going to go to college, yes, we support that. We want that. Like that was like their number one priority is like graduate from college, Mm -hmm. but like figure out how you're going to pay it. And so Mm -hmm. I... I've always been the one that was like, all right, let me pay my first two years community college, lived with them. Then when I went and actually got my grad um, undergrads degree, I moved in with a roommate and they were like, well, why do you want to move and blah, blah, blah. Like it just was something that they were not ready for me to actually like move out and go to a different college and live, you know, with the roommate. And I remember that even when I was done with my graduates program and I was ready for that next step with my then fiance, now husband, they were like, well, you know, don't you want to wait a little bit longer? And, you know, like things were speeding up for me then, but for them, they wanted it to slow down a little bit. And so there was a little bit of disconnection there, but at the end of the day, I'm like, again, you got to do what's best for Wendy. And I feel like I've always followed that intuition and it's best served me. So I was like, all right, I love you and I hear you, but... I got to do what's best for me, you know? So Mm -hmm. that was kind of the conversations that I would have with them. Was there this overlap of responsibilities before moving out? You know, like, was there things that you did for them or that you did for your siblings? I just want to understand a little bit better um, if there was things that you had to let go of, you know, as you moved on to your next step. Yeah, so it's, it's funny enough because I pride myself as someone who tries to be there for my family and friends as much as possible, Um, someone who's a good communicator. And so I would be the one that would always go grocery shopping with my mom. I loved doing that. And honestly, it's one of the things that sometimes to this day I miss. I'm like, oh, the good old days Mm -hmm. when I would go grocery shopping with mom. I'd be the person that would be the interpreter when we would go to the doctors or we'd go pay bills. I was the person to do that. I was the person that would go with my mom to 
go to the conferences for, for my little sister, the school conferences, and be able to have like that second perspective of like, well, this is what the professor is telling her, and this is what you need to hear. But as someone who's been there, this is what I would recommend or suggest, you know, because my my youngest sister, she was nine years younger than me. And so, again, Mm -hmm. paving that way. Right. So I feel like in a sense, yeah, I acted as like the older sister, but also the person who was a role model, setting the example and and helping the family kind of navigate the things that maybe they didn't necessarily know how to do. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But nowadays, I feel like that has led me to almost in a way teach my especially my mom how to do certain things like for example before I moved I'm like you're gonna learn how to order Starbucks from the Starbucks line because I want you to be able to do that not just when I'm around but on your own too and so that memory is a core memory in my head where I'm like he's learning too you know we're all learning So do you, would you say that it weighed heavy on you or no? Were you able to kind of manage and delegate, it sounds like, right, as you kind of were leaving the nest? <laughs> yeah, you know, I am a type A Capricorn Earth, you know, person. Mm. Like, that's who I am. So I'm very much so the delegator and navigator. But I'm also someone who identifies as a highly sensitive person. And so... I have a lot of emotion and I remember like moving even 45 minutes away to go and get my gra- my undergrads um, program. It was hard for me because I felt like I was almost doing a lack of service by leaving my parents behind and leaving mm-hmm. my siblings behind. I felt a lot of guilt. I felt a lot of shame, even though this was something that was going to better me and as a result, help them too. Mm-hmm. I felt a lot of guilt and shame. And that also showed up when I moved to Texas, too. Mm. So maybe this is where we weave in your healing journey, right? And how has that looked like? Has it been books that you read and maybe like modalities that you pick up on? Has it been therapy? What has that journey looked like for you? Uh, Because I think that when we start to feel that guilt and that shame, it's when we're kind of in a battle with ourselves, right? And so it's... as driven people too it's in order to keep moving forward you have to do something about that part some people will numb it out you know through partying through relationships just different ways of numbing food right um other people will address it through therapy and different things like that so wondering what that kind of looked like for you yeah so for the longest time i was the person that would numb those things by not communicating my feelings I would communicate other things like the delegation and like this is what needs to be done and, you know, the educational part, I guess. But Wendy's own own feelings, I feel everything else outweighed that. I learned through my healing process, though, how important it is to be able to communicate your feelings. And so a couple of practices that have really helped me is like, one, I love journaling. I've been journaling since I was eight years old, I would say, and... Mm -hmm that helps me really process my feelings and how to better communicate things too because as someone who is type a capricorn earth sign sometimes my feedback can come up very straightforward um Mm -hmm. especially on a more personal dynamic and so i always say that for me it's been the journaling that has helped me and also just having these open conversations with my parents um which has been one of the hardest things to do for me because again i'm someone who has for the longest time suppressed feelings until 
It's like you shake up a bottle and then all of them come out. And I realized through my journey that that's not healthy for me or the person on the receiving end. And so it's been a lot about communicating how I'm feeling and bringing those things to the table so that there's a general understanding for one, for the person on the other end, like doing them a service and letting them know how I'm, I'm feeling, but also to me. So that way I'm able to continue to show up in the way that best supports me. Mm. And were your parents receptive to these conversations? I think a lot of the conversations that I have with my coaching clients is around that, right? Like the lack of receptiveness sometimes or the the friction that those conversations can cause. When you approached them, when you were like, hey, I'm ready to express my emotions, was that received well? Were you taken care of emotionally or how did that go? You know, at first it was one of those things where there was a lot of friction because it's interesting to hear how, to see how my parents grew up just by the stories that they tell where, you know, their own feelings weren't taken into consideration. And so, of course, like those things sometimes shape up who our parents and come up to be. And so when I would sit down and have conversations about my feelings, sometimes it was like not what I wanted to hear. But through my own healing journey, I understand that like it's a way that they've grown up and their journey is on their terms too. Mm -hmm. Like I'm doing what best feels, what feels best for me. And through the process of not giving up though and having these conversations, I've seen light at the at the end of the tunnel where I'm able to have a more open dialogue with them. They understand why this is important. And, you know, I value that so much because that was something that I felt like was missing growing up was having someone to hear me out, validate how I was feeling, support mm-hmm. the emotion. And now I have that. Mm-hmm. And it excites me, you know? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I love that. No, yeah, I think that it's a process. And I mean, I feel like I'm going through a similar process and I'm seeing, like you mentioned, the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm, you know, I think before you see that light, you grieve that you don't have that with them, right? It's kind of like, you know, in a strange way, you have to accept it and be able to hold yourself through whatever you need to. And then with the hope that, yeah, you will see the result. And if you don't, to not cling on to that, you know, because not everyone will, unfortunately, like you mentioned, parents are on their own timeline. They're on their own journey. They've gone through very different experiences than we have. You know, I identify as a highly sensitive person as well. So I'm constantly thinking of others and like kind of where they're coming from. And like you mentioned, their stories are very different right so what they have to process to get to the place that we're at is a lot yeah you know and one of the examples that comes to my mind was like i didn't hear the words i love you um growing up so often like far and few far and few and as a result i felt like i didn't express that but then i saw that my husband's family on the other end they were very loving they were always hugging each other they were Mm -hmm. always expressing the I love you's and so when I saw that from him I was just like oh what is this like this is not normal to me and I realized it's it's safe to feel loved it's safe to um have that expression from others and I realized through that lens and through my experience because I've I've been with my husband since we were 16 that I didn't necessarily get that from my parents because they didn't get that from theirs and so 
I was like, well, what would it look like for Wendy to start saying, I love you and expressing more love towards my parents and hugging them. And that has unwavered in ways where now, like, I get that from them. Mm. They hug me and they say, I love you. But that started with me separating the facts over feelings. You know, it wasn't that they didn't love me and that's why they didn't say it. It was more of like they didn't grow up hearing that themselves. So they didn't know, just like I didn't know. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, just I, I walk myself through that. I'm like, let me stay curious. Let me stay. Let me ask questions, because at the end of the day, I'm like, let me distinct the facts and the feelings too to come to my own conclusions. And that's been powerful for me as well. Mm, definitely sounds really Capricorn to me. Yeah. <laughs> You're like logic. OK. <laughs> like, let me separate the logic and the feelings, because, you know, yeah. they can be beneficial, but sometimes they can be a little... Not Tr tricky yeah. yeah you know i think someone if someone had explained that to me and that i would have understood that at a young age it would have been helpful because i experienced um they would say i love you but there was not the embrace the warmness there in the home right and i remember i was taken care of by a family that was really warm and i would cry to them and i would be like you know like i'm i i wish you know my parents were like that and they used to tell me your parents love you but they show you with how hard they work right and i think you know i think till this day i'm like taking different approaches to how I interpret that, like whether it was fine or not, or, you know, if I expected more or different, but I like that you were able to, for yourself, be like, I know that they love me. So that's out of the question. It's more so how they're showing it and I can be the example for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love that you mentioned that, that they showed it by hard working because that's something that I always thought too. I was like, man, my parents are always working, but... I remind myself, I'm like, well, there was food on the table. There was, you know, clothes on my back. And that was their way of being able to show their love. And yeah, no, I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, it's a part. I think it's a big part of all of our journeys is being witnesses to the hard work, you know, that our parents did put in. And um, in the introduction of the podcast, I actually make a reference to this, which is it's like a delicate dance between both. Right. There's gratitude and what they did because we were witnesses to it. But then there's also like creating that window or permission slip, like you called it, to still honor that maybe you do need some healing around what you experience, despite having clothes and food that's beautiful and we're thankful and grateful. But there's, if there's different little wounds that we have to take care of, we still should be able to do it without discrediting, you know, what happened. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So I don't know if it's because I've been watching Love is Blind, but I want to ask you about like your husband, because I'm right now I'm watching um, the moments leading up to the wedding <laughs> in the episodes. And so I'm I'm thinking like for you, you were about to get married and then you kind of did something maybe really different. Right. And you did it without him and you came back like empowered. And here's what we're going to do. I'm wondering how he reacted to it and what was his process or maybe like your interpretation of what went on on his end when you come back and then describe i'm giving myself a ton of permission slips and we're doing things how our way you know yeah well the number one thing that i want to say is that my partner is just the most supporting human being ever has been from the get-go 
he has been someone who will ask me, do you want me to just listen? Do you want me to provide support, guidance? Mm -hmm. Do you need advice? He's that type of person. And I really admire that of him because when I told him about the trip to South Korea, he was just like, do it. If you feel like this is going to help support something that you're seeking answers for, do it. And so to me and to this day, what matters is like the fact that he's supportive in the actions that I'm taking. And there was nothing. I think that the only time that got him a little bit shook up or scared was when I was like, we're moving to Texas. And let me say that was something that he's been wanting to do all his life. Okay. But he's someone who it I'm the one that's like, let's do this right now. It takes mm. him a little bit longer to feel into things. And so for me to say from one day to another, let's move to Texas. It was just like, is this happening? Is this real? Are you <laughs> sure about like all the questions come up? I'm like, yes. I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? And we're here now. And it's like the best thing. One of the best decisions that we've both made, we've both come into the agreement because he's grown so much and I've in the process have grown so much too. And we both say that we don't think this would have been possible if we hadn't made such a huge move because it's just him and I here, all our families back in Nebraska. <laughs> mm, wow. So you guys, have you um, found community with where you live now or how does that look like for you now? You know, it's in the process because that's been one of the hardest things. So he's a Libra and he's someone who is really quick to make friends. He's very someone who's open. Where I, on the other hand, I'm just like, mm -hmm. it's harder for me to build trust to open up. And so we're in the process of doing that because we've established that this is going to be the roots where we're going to con continue to grow. And so now that we've really closed the chapter on other options, that is our focus, is to continue okay. to grow and nurture those roots and to build that community. Mm, how exciting. <laughs> so with that being said, you know, I think we've weaved into this, um, how the first-gen experience, you know, really impacts your whole journey, right? And how it changes the way that you experience like college and um, I think even career choices. So I would love to hear a little bit about what you're currently doing and um, and how you came to that point. You know, you mentioned you left that MBA program um, when you came back. And then what happened? Yeah, so then I knew that I wanted to do something that was different from the rest career-wise. And so I actually started documenting as a lifestyle blogger my journey of like going to South Korea, going to these different places. Um, it was more of a blogging for passion, but I knew that I wanted to turn it into more. That's one of the things that most individuals don't know is that like my business Lovingly Bold actually started as more of like an inspirational lifestyle blog, just documenting my journey. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I knew that I wanted to do something within my degree of business and marketing. And that's what Lovingly Bold became was a business where I'm helping individuals really be heard, be seen, create epic businesses through marketing. And that's been my journey for the last three years and a half. And mm -hmm. it's something that I'm really, really proud of. Cause again, I'm the first one to break that barrier of starting a business on my side of the family. And so it's been a learning process, a growing process, one that continues to evolve, but I really, really do enjoy it. 
Yeah. Wow. The first one to own a business, right, within the family. How has that felt for you? When I first started, I was so intimidated to put rates up for my business because I realized that through my journey, I had a lot of limiting mindset beliefs around money. One of them being the fact that like I shouldn't charge for a service that's going to help people out. And that came through a belief that was established established in my upbringing. And so I remember one day, again, I'm a huge journaler. I wrote out a letter to my dad in specific because he had installed that belief in me. And I said, this is how I'm feeling. These are the challenges that are coming up. This is what it's stopping me from doing. And about a year later, I had a conversation with him where I was just crying because like that limiting belief was holding me back so much from growing my business, showing up, um, you know, serving clients on a paid capacity. And he gave me the permission slip. He's like, that's not by all means what I meant. Like, please pursue this business. Do what makes you happy. And it was a good heart-to-heart moment because at that moment I realized I am breaking barriers, not just Mm -hmm. for myself, but for my family that come before me and the family that's to come. And to me, that was a beautiful thing. On the other hand, I've also had to break the barrier of not being caught up working so hard. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a household where my parents both worked you know, 12 hour shifts. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. I remember sometimes I would long for my parents. I'm like, I'm don't see my parents. So one of the fears that I really had to address when I started my business was, if I start this business, and I grow a family, am I going to be the exact same person? And I'm not going to lie, that's still something that I am working through because I haven't started a family yet. But it's something that I'm continuously right now just kind of prepping and keeping top of mind and processing and working through because it's going to be a new journey when that time does come. And it's a beautiful one, but I get to dictate what that's going to look like, right? And so working through that fear is something that I'm doing right now. Mm. As you were talking, I was getting a little bit emotional because I realized that I mean, you know, the conversation that you had with your dad, right? Um, How beautiful that one, you he was open to it. And that I don't know exactly how it went, but it sounds like he wasn't necessarily defensive about it or that, you know, didn't feel judged by it. So I'm, I'm happy that you got that permission slip from him. And I think that it's probably super powerful. In the last episode that I recorded, we talked a little bit about money moons. And then we said, but first we have to deal with all this other stuff, right? Um, But when you make that jump into business, owning a business, entrepreneurship, I feel like that's when those come to light. And I um, share the hardworking piece with you. I think that this switch that I'm making is... is, um, it's touching so many levels of healing because it's also the fear that you're saying, right? Like I jumped into this saying, I want different. I don't want to create, recreate what I, what I saw in my parents, you know, because unfortunately, like yours, they worked, each of them worked two jobs. So I never saw them. And 
Um, or I did, but they were sleeping. Like when they would ask me, how is your day? They would fall asleep as soon as I started talking. And so I, you know, that's kind of what my healing journey, the theme of it was. But now that I'm stepping into this, I too had a conversation with my mom about it, you know, um, because she was like, like supporting me, but also instilling her vision of what she lived in mine. So she said, you're going to be so busy. You're going to be just as busy as me. You're like, you were judging me before. You're going to be just as busy as me. And, you know, like when I had conversations with my parents, it was, there was a lot of resistance and a lot of like taking it personally. And I had to have a conversation with her where I was like, mom, just because I want different from you, like I'm not no longer in a point in my healing where I'm judging what you did, you know? Like, I'm thankful, I'm grateful, but every time you hear me speak about wanting different, like, don't take it personally, please, but also don't affirm the things that you lived on my journey, you know, because it, it kind of felt like she wanted me to live that experience too, to then justify how I had felt it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. And I, I feel that too, because one of my fears and still to this day, I'm like, when I have these conversations that are a little bit tougher, it's what kind of resistance am I going to feel? How am I going to feel? And, you know, sometimes we hear things that maybe ne we don't necessarily want to hear. And I ask myself, I'm like, how is that going to affect what I thought was going to happen versus like mm -hmm. what is actually happening? And it's, it's hard conversations to have, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, sometimes for me, it takes me months to even approach it. Like I know, for example, like, oh, I need to have this conversation, but because I have so much resistance and fear to it, sometimes months go by before I'm ever 100% ready to have mm -hmm. that conversation. Mm -hmm. So you're t you take your time with them, it sounds Thank like you, you process prior to. That's like, I think, you know, maybe that's a way of you taking care of yourself, right? It's like a way of honoring your own feelings and the way that you process prior to jumping in. Yeah, I think that it takes, like you mentioned, you're self-aware and I'm sure you're really mindful about what you say, you know, and so that's likely plays into it as well. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's journey is a little bit, a little bit different. I, I know that within my group programs and I do this monthly um, lattes and leadership meetups where we have some of these tough conversations about like business or, or upbringings. Like we just had one last month about mindset and perspectives that we've had as children growing up, you know, and just the mindset shifts that we've had to make as women of color and hearing some of these conversations, I'm just like, we know that we're not alone. We know that there's room to grow, but we know that there's also growth at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And so it's beautiful to be surrounded by individuals like yourself, where we know that there's a place to be heard, a place to be seen and having that opportunity to know that we're not alone in this journey too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that there are individuals like us, like you, like me, that are creating community around that, right? And that are bringing those topics to light and making a conversation out of it so others don't feel alone. So with that being said, before I continue, I do want uh, others to be able to find you and they want to be part of your monthly meetings or if they want to work with you. So feel free to talk a little bit about what you do and also where they can find you. 
Of course. So um, you can find me at my handle at Lovingly Bold. And I offer different ways of support where it's like my courses, uh, my group programs, and then my one-on-one services where I'm helping you build your business, helping you with marketing that truly resonates to who you are as a person. And it's any business owners at any stage. I also do my monthly meetups. They're free virtual meetups where you bring your drink of choice. Mine's always a latte. And we have a theme each month where we talk about topics that, you know, resonate with us as business owners. And usually these are topics that come to mind from the community for the community. So those Beautiful. are also opportunities. Yay. I am also a client, by the way. <laughs> so I do want to give my testimony that your the Capricorn in you shines through in the beautiful work that you do. Um, I purchased a course and the way that it's organized and just how everything is like uh, put together is beautiful. So thank you for, for the work that you do. I appreciate you. Thank you for that. Yeah. So with that being said, I always like to ask some questions about your go to's um, so that those people that maybe are resonating with your story are like, OK, now what are some resources? Right. So what is a favorite healing or mindful tool that um, has served you? Yeah, of course. So I have three and I hope you don't mind me sharing, but my first one's always my journal. Um, I always love journaling, whether it's just free flow, what's on my mind, or if I'm following a prompt, always very powerful. And you can always, you know, Google Pinterest prompts or go to Priscilla's Instagram. Yeah. She's always sharing <laughs> these prompts and affirmations. Yeah. So that's my first way of being able to do that. But then second one is actually affirmations. Um, I am someone who has tried meditation, but is someone who prefers actually listening to affirmations and saying them out loud. Mm -hmm. And I like to spend five minutes a day just listening to affirmations and repeating them out loud. So that's actually a routine that I started picking up this year, and it has been very, very powerful for me. Um, and then the third one is shower release showers, where if I'm feeling a certain way, I love to go in the shower, release, and then right before I step out, I like to set the intention for what the day is going to hold or what the future is going to hold or the month is going to hold. Because sometimes we have a lot of emotion. And so I'll go in the shower and, you know, I'll cry it out. I'll release it. I'll talk to myself while listening to a Spotify playlist that has, you know, music that's going to help support that. And right when I end the shower, I'm like, all right, what is my intention? And I set that and I step into that when I get out of the shower. So that's something that I picked up this year too. And has been very, very powerful um, for me. Wow. I love that you brought up showers. I actually have never thought of sharing my practice around showers, but now I will too. <laughs> yeah, um, know, yeah. It's funny because I I was just having this conversation with my Bull Business Academy group program. I was letting them know, I'm like, yes, I'm very strategic. I'm very, you know, type A Capricorn. But in the group settings, I like to also infuse some of these practices with them. Like we'll get on there and we'll journal for five minutes. We'll have these conversations, talk about these practices, because I truly believe that the strategy is great, but the energetics too that back up the strategy are just as important. And so, yeah, um, yeah I, I'm very like people don't necessarily always see that side of me, but it's something that I it propels me forward because they are practices. Mm. 
That is beautiful. I think that I love seeing that that's the approach that some um, business coaches are now taking because it takes into account the whole person, right? The human behind the business and not just the business. And I love that. I think that that's hopefully the future of business. You know, we've seen attempts of that in the corporate world, but I think that they're just too far removed from what that actually can look like sometimes. And so knowing that, for example, you have that uh, touch with entrepreneurs and business owners that can can make business also back up the person that is sustaining it is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that it's an honor to be a part of that journey for so many business owners on so many different journeys. So something that I don't take lightly. Hmm. What about so you mentioned some habits already, but a habit that you do for yourself on a regular basis? I definitely go and spend time in nature. Um, because I feel like my mind's always racing with ideas and stuff like that, but there's always these moments of stillness that I crave, especially as an earth sign. So whether it's me going to my backyard and sitting on grass, or it's me at the end of the evening or at the beginning of my day, usually nowadays it's at the end of the evening, but going into the woods and taking a walk and, you know, just getting fresh air looking at the trees and their beautiful branches just waving like that really creates peace and stability within me and Mm -hmm. and really grounds me and so nature has been very very powerful Mm. okay perfect and what is the song that you listen to when you need to pick me up or need to feel inspired i don't have a particular song but anything selena quintanilla i love on who i just really admire too so I, I I love her music. I love her as a person and hmm. anything Selena. <laughs> <laughs> anything for Selena. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what about quote or advice that you refer back to? Yeah. So one of the quotes that I keep in my head that I think is very powerful is no one can ever love us more than we love ourselves. Hmm. And It's a beautiful reminder to just take care of ourselves, to love ourselves, to prioritize ourselves because sometimes we end up putting ourselves second and that doesn't benefit us or other people. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. I think just like the context that I take it in is also when, you know, you always hear like give from a full cup. But what it really means is like when you're receiving love from yourself, you stop seeking it in other places. And that is so fulfilling within in and of itself, because then everything else you receive from the outside is extra. And so if for some reason it changes, if for some reason it's removed or taken away or it transforms into something different, you no longer feel like empty every time that happens, right? Because you are you know that you're fulfilling your own needs, let's say, for love. Yes, 100%. Uh, what is an, or who is an influencer or just someone that you follow that makes you feel positive, like leaves you feeling positive at the end of watching them? Yeah. So to me, I don't have one person that comes to mind, but like makeup wise, there's this gal named Desi Perkins. Mm -hmm. I loved what she's been able to create within that industry. And she's also the embodiment of like being able to be a business owner, being able to pave the way, being able to have a beautiful family and do all the things that she sets her mind on. 
but I always say that my clients too, because they come from different walks of journeys. You know, I have clients who are just starting out, who are working a nine to five and running a business or who, you know, are beautiful moms and are creating a business and people of color. And they're my biggest motivators just because I get to see and be a witness to the growth and the journey that they're on. And it's a beautiful thing to be a witness to. I love that. All right. And then a feel good or powerful book or movie. Yeah. So hands down recommended magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, Mm -hmm. Uh, just because that was a tremendous, tremendous part of being able to partake and start my healing journey. So 100% recommend big magic. Yes, I love that book too. So yeah, I recommend it as well. All right, so this last section is quick, fun questions. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay, salsa verde or roja? Mm, Verde, my husband made me verde. (laughs) Verde, okay. Horchata or Jamaica? Horchata. Reggaeton or hip hop? Oh, that's a hard one. (laughs) I'm going to say hip hop you know a lot of people have said hip-hop and i'm like what but (laughs) all right (laughs) uh concha de vainilla or chocolate vainilla y what is your taco order oh man carne asada con cilantro and limon y cuantos oh tres cuatro (laughs) Okay. okay. <laughs> Depending on the day, huh? Depending on the day. All right. Well, first, thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your story and also for the work that you do. I think it's really important. And I can definitely tell it's heart centered. You know, it's a soul business more than just a business. So I love that. Um, and before we go, is there anything that you would like to say? Just, you know, that this healing journey awakening journey whatever resonates the most with the individual hearing this something that can be hard but it's it's a beautiful thing to experience because the growth and the the peeling back of the layers and really discovering you know the things that maybe you didn't know about yourself like it pays off it's beautiful it's hard there's days that i've cried there's days where i've been in so much joy but it's all worthwhile mm-hmm Stay yeah. curious and ask questions. That's my biggest thing. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. This journey is not easy. And I think we all know that everyone that I've talked to, I think, expresses that, you know, there is ups and downs and it's a roller coaster. So Christian, if you are on this journey and you're looking for support and you don't know, I'm actually a coach for first gens who are on their healing and awakening journeys. And I would love to support you. So you can go to the links in the description. I'll also link Wendy's social so you can go check her out. And other than that please share this episode with anyone that you think would uh, benefit from it and like comment subscribe do the thing so that other people can hear it first gen i love you i love me and i can't wait for you to love yourself bye